Well, I finally saw the Banana Splits horror movie. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of nuts, right? Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Now it's in Sci-Fi Channel's like uh, lineup for their Halloween marathon. Like they actually premiered it tonight after I went and bought the DVD. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, but I, I imagine you made the better choice because they have to have cut it up on TV. Oh yeah, they did cut it up. Like it's so gratuitous that you have to see it uncut. I, I couldn't, can't imagine watching it on Sci-Fi because, first of all, you're gonna be like, okay, who are the banana splits? And this is not entertaining. This is dumb. Would be the reaction that if you saw it on the Sci-Fi Channel, you're you're not gonna see anything because the the thing that saves that movie is how cartoonish the violence is. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. It's the kills in that movie that make it worth it because they're just they're over the top they're gross and they're they're just grotesque brutal killings but the funny thing is is like they make the banana splits as famous as like you know Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse or whatever they got a kid in there who like is in love with the banana splits and that's all he talks about and the whole universe is centered around the fact that people actually give a shit about the banana splits and nobody nobody in real life gives a shit about the banana splits Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what was it? It was a 1970s, like, kitty show, right? Yeah. Kind of like an H.R. Puffin stuff, but of the two, if they made an H.R. Puffin stuff horror movie, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm in. But you're talking banana splits, I'm just like, whatever. Like, I don't, <laughs> it doesn't really, I could have never saw it, you know, but my 12-year-old was like, what's the banana splits? I'm like, oh, by the way, they made a banana splits movie where banana splits <laughs> are all monsters. Oh, man. So we're doing this what the horror thing, folks. If you've been tuning in in October, we're like examining the part threes of all these horror franchises, and we uh, got through. What have we done so far? We did Poltergeist. We Poltergeist did, three, Howling yeah. three. Yeah. So we've done a werewolf. Yeah. We've done a ghost. Now we're doing. And we did some ghoulies. Oh yeah, we've done ghoulies. Yeah, we got we got. So we've done basically. Really, all around. We haven't really did. We just haven't done like a maniac and a mask, and now here we are, here we arrive at Leatherface Three, Texas Chainsaw Mask, or Leatherface Three. No, there is a series of Leatherface movies now because that's what they're calling all the new Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Um, but the original series was just Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then uh, Texas Two, and and they called the third one Leatherface because I guess they were like uh, another company bought the Texas Chainsaw franchise. And yeah. was was like, okay, we, we got our franchise killer now. We're going to make a bunch of movies with Leatherface. And he's going to be our million-dollar baby. Didn't quite work out like the way they planned. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they made this movie for like almost $3 million, and it only grossed 5 And uh, it has Viggo Mortensen. This is nuts. It has, <laughs> it has the king from Lord of the Rings in it. <laughs> like, yeah, thought... that was that's kind of bizarre. I think this was clearly one of his early roles. Oh yeah, which is really funny how far an actor can go. You know what I mean? From being totally obscure in this movie in the early '90s to like you know saving the kingdom from you know the uh, orcs of Mordor and and Sauron. <laughs> um, 
Also, who and I don't really know, like the main chick is played by a girl named um, Kate Hodge. I don't know if she goes on to do anything else after this movie. The boyfriend looked kind of <coughs> familiar, but I'm not really sure. So I'm sure he's a whiny little bitch in a bunch of like '90s movies because he's kind of whiny in this movie. Um, but he's also pointing out obvious danger that she seems oblivious to in the beginning of the movie. Oh, but if you love, um, I think it's Ken Forey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you dig him as like an action horror icon, like you know he's here to kick a little Leatherface ass, you know. So there you go. Yeah, you're he's seeing... a guy from uh, Dawn of the Dead, and um, God, uh, he was in the remake of. Uh, I'm trying to think, I, th- I want to say he was in the remake of Night of the Living Dead, but I know Tony Todd for sure was. Yeah, Tony Todd's he... in the remake. Uh, yeah, doesn't doesn't Ken Forey show up as? Does he play the sheriff in the the '90s remake of Night of the Living Dead? Is that how they tied it in? I, I'm trying. I I can't exactly remember. Um, Maybe he just popped up as one of the hillbilly crews or something. But in Dawn of the Dead, his helicopter flies over the farmhouse where the first movie takes place. So there's a tie-in in the originals, at least. Um, because he's like one of the main characters in in the original Dawn of the Dead. So. That's kind of his claim to fame, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that was his big, uh, his, his big genre thing that every a lot of people know him from. Yeah, and then um, was it Rob Zombie started including him in a couple of his movies? He did, right? Uh, I think so. I know he. Um, that sounds right. I want to say he was in The Devil's Rejects. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he's playing like a. Vietnam vet or something in this movie because he's got a hell of a machine gun in the back of his Jeep. <laughs> and, you know, he's wielding that while Leatherface wields his chainsaw. I'd say the cannibal family is pretty fleshed out in this movie. It's probably the best little family put together. or I mean, Well, it's a toss-up between part two and, and this one, whether the family's good or not. What's funny about the original sequels is the family members all had different names and were not consistent across the sequels. You know, so yeah, this um, this is one of those series that um, I think the it falls off of a uh, falls off of a cliff pretty fast. Um, I think, all, as far as I'm concerned, only the first one's a good one. I know some people will fight me on number two, but I don't care for it. Oh no, you don't like how the how Leatherface goes into the big city and they attacking people on the freeways and then corners the main chick at the radio station and none of that stuff you don't like any of it, that? you know i know it's supposed to be a comedy but it just never clicked i don't know maybe i'll have to re-watch it but it uh never clicked with me you didn't like dennis hopper taking out his revenge and getting two chainsaws to duke it out with the cannibals at the end no i mean it's, it's cool on its own it just doesn't feel like a texas chainsaw massacre movie i i don't know but what do, what do i know a lot of people will tell me wrong i, I really like part two actually um i know i'm in the minority uh you know what? But revi- revisiting part three, I thought it was kind of creepy this go around. I mean, maybe yeah, they- I, this one's not as bad as I remember. I mean, um, I'm not gonna say it was a great movie, but it's not as bad as I remember it. Well, I mean, like once the chase starts, like the chase is, like the chase sequence or the heightened the heightened sense of reality and like the sense of dread. Like good, like scary movies impose in the audience like this. Um like a sense of like hitting the panic button and you, you immediately feel with dread. So this time around, and I, I've seen this movie like a handful of times and I guess I didn't care when I was a teenager, but watching it this time as an adult, 
like I started to feel like panic and some anxiety, you know? Yeah, the, especially the um the scene with the little girl wanting to make the kill like really kind of creeped me out this time. Oh, uh when she comes down with the mechanism to knock the guy's head off with the little Yeah. Uh well they talked about the slaughterhouse being closed, so I guess like the the um the brothers in this family that have their I don't know, homicidal tendencies. I guess they were curbed by working in the slaughterhouse and they closed the slaughterhouse. They had nothing better to do on a Friday night than catch some weary travelers on the road and bring them back to their own little slaughterhouse in their in their house, <laughs> in their personal homes. But um I, I guess we should back up and get this set up here. So there's a couple named Michelle and Ryan and they're cruising or cruising through the back roads of Texas highways or whatever on their way to Florida because the girl's gonna like take a summer job as a stewardess or something. And they're clearly on a breakup because they're literally talking about that in the first few minutes of the movie. But I also mm. noticed um, they're doing like the radio broadcast of how the initial killings like were coming out in Texas. So I feel like the third one definitely jumps around. Like it kind of it goes right around part two. It has nothing to do with part two. Right. It's supposed to be taking place when they're uncovering the bodies from all the murders in the first movie. And then it references like a court case where they caught one of the family members. And the whole thing is about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is they're not really based on anything in real life. It's more like Toby Hooper took like clippings from a bunch of outrageous stories that he heard, sensationalized news of murderers and terrible crimes yeah. in the Midwest and then just kind of and, – and the Southwest and just strung them together in like a legend that he created. I mean, yeah, it's loosely based off – some of the stuff is based off Ed Gein, but just just yeah, the brutality but, of it, not like actual – the mythology or anything like that. Yeah, but Ed Gein was a psychopathic homosexual who terrorized his own family members. No, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait. That's Gacy. Sorry, I'm getting my maniac. Getting your serial killers mixed yeah, up, yeah. Getting, getting my real-life murderers mixed up here. Sorry. Uh, student of film, not the same thing as a student of history. Uh, yeah, you're right. Ed Gain was the one who may have lived with his mother or whatever, but like was going to the honkatonks or whatever, and then taking girls back. And he may have made a chair or something, or a piece of furniture out of like a woman's skin or something, something like that, right? Well, he definitely like, made like a belt of nipples, and yeah, he, he did a yeah. lot of crazy shit. Yeah, so he was definitely pelting humans instead of pelting animals. Instead of taking animal hides, he was doing things with humans in his little, uh, I guess you're a blizzard in the Midwest. What are you going to do during a blizzard? You know, I guess you're going to gain it up, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, so so yeah, you're right. They lo- said it's loosely based on some of the stuff that, that he did or whatever. So you're, you're a fan of the original, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, th- that's definitely one of those movies um, I didn't care for the first time, but I think the very first time I watched it was like a Elvira broadcast of it. Uh, wow, yeah, because she used to, did she used to host movies late at night? Was that her whole thing? Like, she used to show screenings of movies? Was that her Yeah, I, well, well, it's funny, she usually, she would typically show, like, kind of bad, cheesy 50s movies, or sci-fi movies, and, like, uh, interrupt in the middle. <laughs> one day she just gets Texas Chainsaw Massacre of all things? Well, I, it was like a, hol- it was like a Halloween uh, thing, so uh, I think she was, like, trying to show good movies, but... She would, uh, you know, kind of come in and joke on it, but because I'd never seen it before, it just kind of took away from it. But uh, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the original. Um, I watched it. Um, 
don't know. I caught up with it years later and realized, like, oh, this is like no wonder why this is one of the best horror movies ever. It's like very well shot. There's a pretty like, good documentary of it called Texas Chainsaw Family Portrait, which uh, I was telling Dave the other day. I found it on Tubi, the Tubi app, so people can check that out if they want to. Yeah, that's that's worth it. I saw that years ago. It's worth it. If you like that movie, it's worth watching. Well, yeah, it's just like some of the actors talking about how they found themselves in this movie. Um, and they're all kind of like definitely independent actors. They're people that were in like acting class. Right. Two days a week, and then all of a sudden they're playing maniacs in a in a horror film, which is like that's kind of a great story actually. It's like yeah, every Tuesday night I go down to the rec center and take an acting class, and then some guy across the hall is shooting a real Hollywood movie, and here we're gonna have you scream with rage and carry this axe <laughs> while you're chasing right. somebody through the woods. Boom, you got a career, and then who knows? You might end up in Lord of the Rings for all all things. <laughs> you know, you don't really know. Um. And then obviously we know that Matthew McConaughey, who you know what's funny, Matthew McConaughey is going to be in part four, right? Right, and uh, Renee Zellweger, two uh, Academy yeah. Award winners. But the funny thing is, like, at that point when they make part four, McConaughey, and I know we're, we're jumping around, folks. Okay, we're talking more, uh, we're talking more Texas Chainsaw in general than just part three. I'm sorry, but um, th- this is the natural flow of the conversation, and I just want to bring it up because I'm saying like, some actors got started in horror films. And then branched out from there, and then it's like you're digging through their catalog, and you might find them crop up in these movies. So like, there was a point where McConaughey could have been nothing. He didn't have to win an Oscar. Like you don't know he's going down the Oscar road. Like if you saw him in Texas Chainsaw Four, you don't think this guy is ever going to be on the stage collecting an Oscar, right? Do you know what I mean? You think he's going to be a one and done? And 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 a lot of people, I'm sorry, in the horror films that we watch are kind of one and done, because like I said, they're the guys at a Tuesday night acting class put on by their professor and they're trying to get a credit so they can get their degree so they can go work at the mechanic shop you, you know what i mean like, yeah like there's a whole other world of working class actors that like oh man there's timmy in that movie and then he fixed my plumbing at my house <laughs> do you know what i mean like there's like this whole world of other actors that nobody really hears about and like you know that their town or whatever will talk about them being in this movie or you might have a couple of kids like, like Davey and Johnny here in a podcast that's number one in their entertainment news category, and they're bringing you some really high-class entertainment. My family could give two shits about it. <laughs> like, you know, like uh, my siblings were at like a, a not a really reunion, but they I don't know they were at a barbecue with my dad or whatever, and they're like, "Why don't you FaceTime in?" And I'm like, "No," I'm like, suddenly filled with anxiety. I'm like, "No." I feel bloated. I didn't tell them that, but that's what I felt like. And I'm sitting in my messy office, and I'm just working on a a novel that I actually intend to finish, and I'm, like, following up on our social media and responding to all the stuff about our show and checking the ratings and all that stuff. And I'm like, why don't they? I was like, if they're missing me, why don't they just listen to our podcast? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And then, like, my brother's aware of it. My brother's aware of it. But, like, he's like, oh, if you maybe made a sports podcast, then the rest of them might join in or whatever. Because, <laughs> they're, like, out, they're out there shooting guns in the desert. You, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Dave I... knows exactly the kind of family that I'm talking about. <laughs> Dave may or may not have a family like mine. <laughs> so, 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 you know, they have no interest in two guys shooting the shit about movies and Texas Chancellor Massacre movies and X, Y, and Z. Um, right. So I said, whatever, you know, whatever. Um, or, you know, my sister who wanted to FaceTime could just, like, get on social media like the rest of us and stalk each other. If she wants updates, keep tabs on everything. 
you know, ch- check out a Facebook status or something or or tweet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She knows what she could know what DVDs I'm getting or something. But um, I also discovered how to rip clips and put them on our Facebook page. Hopefully they won't get taken down. I started featuring some of the movies we like. Hopefully they'll stay up there. Folks, we're not that technical. We're more creative. Like we write stories, we act in plays, we do that kind of shit. <laughs> as far as the technical stuff, I don't know. Talk to somebody else. Um, if I had to rate the Texas Chainsaws against each other, Binge Now for me would probably be the original. Binge Later would be part three. Binge Never is actually the one I've already mentioned with McConaughey. I you skip that one because I don't like the Leatherface crossdresser thing where they try to say like, "What's one more level that we can make him crazy?" Okay, we'll stick him right. in a dress, and that somehow means he's more psychotic. I don't know. Like they were trying to address his sexuality in the fourth one, but I don't know. What's funny is is like every once in a while they have Leatherface be like almost gentleman like with his prey. Like in part three, right. there, there was a moment like that. But then again, you know, then he cuts their faces off and turns them into a mask. So, uh, you know, there you go. Um, is is your scale similar, or, or what do you think? I'd I'd say it's very similar. Um, uh, we're same thing. Uh, binge now, the very original. Binge later. I'll I'll give you number three. It's better than I remember. Uh, <clears throat> binge never. Um, I would say never. I'd say the next generation or the Matthew McConaughey one, but since you mentioned that one, I would also say stay away from uh, 2013's Texas Chainsaw 3D. Hmm. Oh fuck, that one was horrible. Well, Ugh. the only thing that the remakes have is E early Emery or whatever. You know, you know well, what I mean. Playing the new dad of the of all the crazies. You know. Well, that, that well that was like uh, the 2000s version of. Uh, like uh, they they keep trotting this out every decade, like one or two. Wow. Hmm. Like uh, they, but they redid it in 2013, and then there was another one that came out a couple years ago, just called Leatherface, which I haven't seen. Yeah, me neither. They're doing like the Leatherface Chronicles now. Um. <laughs> it, it's it's one of those. It's one of the film series, like uh, of all the Jasons and Freddies and all that. It's the one that has like. The biggest drop off in quality, I'd say, because uh, you may not like all the Halloweens, but like they never got as bad as some of the uh, Texas Chainsaws, I think. Um, well, you know, I don't know, man. Like they did this thing; they literally like all these franchise killer movies copy and steal from each other. Like one of them goes to space, then they all go to space. Right. Um, one of them institutes this thing of like ancient demons come and give them power to come back to life and then they come to back to life like in Freddy's dead these little dream demons give him the power to come back from the dead and kill people in their dreams in Jason goes to hell then there's some ancient dagger and the voice he, Voorhees line is cursed for blah 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 and that gives him his power which never right. happened before until then and then and then um who was the other one that was like that I'm getting lost I don't think Leatherface is ever going to have a power like that but uh yeah, I don't see Leatherface going to space. Yeah, who's the other big franchise? Kid? Oh, and then Halloween did it. Curse of Michael Myers did it. They related him to like Nordic course in like North, uh, Norse mythology, and he right. had the same kind of power: kill a family member and you'll live forever, or whatever. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, damn, dude. Like, <laughs> Leatherface in space would actually make sense. You could have a cannibal on a spaceship. Maybe not Leatherface per se, but they gotta do. They gotta do a parody called Space Face. 
<laughs> that's what they should do. We could we could do that movie. We could finance that movie for like five hundred bucks. Shoot the whole damn thing in front of a green screen, one and done, David. That's like a weekend. We'll have to call our buddy Nick and be like, okay, we're making Space Face. You know. <laughs> uh, I wonder if I should follow through on that one. One of these days, I have to follow through on making a movie. That's one thing you have to do to be a filmmaker is you actually have to make a movie. I hear that's I hear that's all the rage, David. Like that's what you have to do. That's the only right. requirement is you actually have to put something on tape, you know. What if somehow like uh, Leatherface got stuck in a logging community and he just found like found he belonged? <laughs> he just starts making like woodchuck dolls out of wood. You know what I mean? Like he just starts making <laughs> he, sculptures and he finally calms down, stops murdering, right? Wow. He's like, oh, I you know I found something that pleases me. Yeah, he makes uh, yes, he makes sculpture wood sculptures. Wow. Yeah, I could see him settling down, and then he like you know. Um, yeah, he goes to Wyoming, settles down. Then he like adopts children from Kenya or something, you know. He just like <laughs> starts growing uh, you know, g- goes to a vegan diet, right? You know, gets like the Amazon um Prime Whole Foods subscription, you know, or whatever it is and just like right. you know, starts protesting about things. I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh, starts throwing paint on ladies wearing fur. Meat is murder. But you were talking about 3D earlier. I was like, we haven't uh, we haven't decided to include in our part three, like the trip down part. I don't know what we're calling this. The journey through part threes of all these movies. We never actually. I was like, we should have added like a 3D into the bunch. You know, like uh, Amityville or uh, uh, well, Friday Thirteenth 3D. Well, yeah, there's Friday the Thirteenth 3D. There's. Uh, I was trying to allude to the fact that we could talk finally talk about your Piranha 3D or 3 double D. Oh, or whatever. yeah, that's true. But whatever. Although that wasn't that wasn't the third in the series by that time. But yes, we can know. Uh you're right. I guess we can't really break the rules, right? What third? What third movie? What third entry is in 3D? There, well, there's Jaws. There's but... Jaws. There's um Friday the 13th some, 3D. There's for some reason, like, Amityville. I... Yeah. But somebody was calling that a useless. 3D movie the other day. I'm not sure. Which um, one? Amityville. Like a waste of time, but happened to be in 3D. I, I can't speak to that. I've never actually seen it. Oh, really? I think I saw it once. I think I saw most of the original ones. Um, so, I've yeah, definitely so seen the first one. But... Did I just say, did I say Jaws 3D already? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, the Jaws to me seems more like a nature documentary, so I, I don't really think of that as like a horror franchise. I mean, it's thrilling, but I don't. For some reason, I don't think of those movies as horror films. Isn't that weird? Are they horror films? They're, they're classified as horror films. Wow. See, I think of them more as like adventure movies or something like. Uh... I think that's kind of what they became. But the first one is at least suspense. Yeah, I guess it's kind of suspenseful. Sheriff Brody trying to save the day and all that. Huh. I don't know. What do you think? Of this, well, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's much more we can say about. It. Well, the Kevin Forey character in this movie, which I think is Ben or Benny, yeah, was it Benny or Buddy or something? Benny. Oh, jeez, um, I, like I forgot. That, I think that's how they amped it up for the third one. Was like they just gave us somebody that could like hold their own for a little while against Leatherface. Right. Yeah, because he, he's definitely, uh, um, what do I want to say, uh, 
can hold his own, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he brought the asses in the seats. That, and I guess at the time, maybe, maybe Leatherface appearing on the screen is worthwhile? I don't, I, like, or worthwhile? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You think in I mean, he was still kind of big at that time. You think so? You think in 90, they're like, oh, yeah, another fucking Leatherface movie. Well, yeah, I mean, because number two just came out a few years before that, so not too terribly far behind. Hmm. Let's see, what was going on in 90 with the other the other killers? There really wasn't anything going on with the other killers in, in 90, right? Not in, well, not in 1990. I think uh, Freddy, or, uh, Freddy, or, uh, I want to say Nightmare on Elm Street 5 came out in 89, so not too far behind. Yeah, okay, so it kind of slid in, like, the perfect time, maybe, because I don't remember the other killers even being on the big screen that year. Um, well, what was it? Uh, yeah, I, I want to say everything was in 89, and technically this was supposed to come out in 89, but got pushed right to, like, the beginning of January really? 20, 1990. Yeah, because it, it definitely looks like a 90s movie. It doesn't seem like the 80s at all. Well, I mean, it makes sense because, I mean, it was made in 89 and came out in 90. So, I mean, yeah. it's right smack dab. It's the beginning of the 90s. Yeah, it didn't have the hot neon clothing yet and the denim jeans, but. Not yet. Not yet. Soon. Very soon. Oh, oh my man. God. Leatherface and fucking decked out in denim. Uh, what? Yeah. I'm going to have to re- revisit that concept of space face because that's kind of a funny idea. <laughs> That's definitely an easy movie to whip together, but I guess the I mean they well they have Jason at ten or whatever Jason X and he's like in outer space, but yeah, which breaks the continuity again. That's the funny thing about the movies is when they pick and choose which part of the continuity they're following. Yeah. Well, I think when it comes to fucking um, Friday the Thirteenth, I don't think it really matters. Like that's that seems to be the one series where like it kind of feels like a, a serialized. Uh, or not a serialized, but just kind of an episodic TV show. Like, uh, he just, you know, kills every so often. Wow. Like, J- Jason doesn't feel like you have to follow the con- uh, continuity so terrible, or so strictly. Huh. But, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong.